Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 69 of the Rishi's Radio Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You'll love him, Mr. Brodinky. What's going on, bro? Schmidt, uh, just another week. Uh, had some big stuff coming up this week. Obviously, you you were in my neck of the woods. Didn't even get to see you because Valentine's Day and things. I know. Um, also, so had my, sad. my young so guy. Sad. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, because, uh, you know, we try to coordinate things, and then I realize it's Valentine's Day, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't do tomorrow night. <laughs> it's all good. It's yeah. all good. I had uh, my little guy's birthday. Uh, I've been playing around with some career stuff. So, you know, it's been a full week. Uh, we, we broke 80,000 downloads, as I, I anticipated, so that's good. Congrats to you, my friend. Oh, man, that's amazing. No, yeah. congratulations to you, too. It's yeah. awesome. Pretty, pretty wild on pace for 100K in a year and a half. Not too shabby. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I'll take that. Take that to the bank there. Uh, what's what is, what's going on with you? How was your, your travel experience? Uh, you know, not too bad. I uh, just got in super, super late, uh, or I guess early, Um this morning uh depending on how you look at it so my uh my head finally hit the pillow at 3 a.m uh my local time when i finally got home from travel uh, which was a long day as you could probably imagine yeah, i would imagine but uh you know we do it we do it anyway because we love doing it and uh here we are recording another episode episode 69 uh one away from 70 and yeah that's uh, that's the milestone that's the milestone yeah <laughs> absolutely and we get we got a fun kind of cheeky topic to talk about today yeah we we've got a lot going on <laughs> so we'll hash through the new stuff and then we'll get we'll get on to that <laughs> uh we'll start with blanc pond blanc pond dropped two watches this week uh i think one we like one we're not such a fan of we'll start with the the lesser of the two i guess um so the first is the blanc pond 50 I'm sorry, 50 Fathoms, 500 Fathoms limited yes. edition. Yeah, yeah. This is a honking watch. It's a honking watch. There's no question 48 millimeter tie uh, by 17 millimeters thick. Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a thicken, you know, as the young kids say, it's it's thick with two C's. Um, I love I love the look of this watch from the top down aesthetics. I think it's very interesting. Uh, I don't know a Blanc Pond that has really kind of looked like this in a very, very long time, uh, especially given it's kind of like almost radio room or like, you know, if you remember those old Voshtocks, like they did like the radio room dials. Yes. It's like this kind of like graduated, you know, this this uh, this alternate color pattern for the delineations of time. Uh, it's very cool. I like it. I just am not in love with the fact that this is basically – a thousand meter rated watch at the specs that it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you think of it this way, like I love everything about the look of this watch. I think aesthetically, right, it aesthetically cool. it's a very nice watch. Yeah. I mean, I, aesthetically it looks cool. Had this come in 42, 43, it's certainly possible to hit a thousand meter diver in that size. You don't need to make it 48 millimeters. I mean, Nevada's got one in 38. I mean, it, it's, impo- it's certainly possible. I mean, and the thing is for me, at this price point, right? It's $25,900. Okay. I can buy two ultra deeps from Omega for that price. And size specs are going to be fairly common. 
given you know well despite the fact that even the 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 width of the case on the omegas is smaller by about three millimeters but the thickness is going to be fairly similar but omega has like six times the one resistance yes at half the cost of this um that's a hard pill for me to swallow it really is and i don't know i want to love this watch i really do i think like I said, aesthetically, it looks cool. It's on sale. Cloth is very. It's it's a very tactical looking blanc pawn, uh, which I don't think we've seen in in a in a pretty long time. Um, but I want to love it, and I don't, because like I know what else is out there. You know. Yeah, that's an issue. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I like the look. I like the big numerals. I like the red tip second. It it screams Blanc Pond, but in the way that I I enjoy Blanc Pond, mm -hmm. like you said, it's just it's gigantic. And for what you're getting for this size of a case, I don't know, man. I I just I don't know how you could release this watch and be like, this was this is what we came up with. This is what we're going with. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. people are going to compare this to other watches, and they're going to be like, hold hold up. I can yeah. even get the honking of honkinest Rolex for about this price. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know who's going to buy this Blanc Pop, given what you said about the Omega. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if I want to buy I, something honking, I could buy a tuna for, I don't know, 800 bucks. <laughs> and it's a thousand meter diver. Yeah, I mean, again, that's my point, right? Like, it, <laughs> if this was, you know, 5,000 fathoms, okay, that makes more sense. But it's not. It's 500. And to me, that just... It, it leaves a lot to be desired. Like, there's there's a lot that I want this watch to be. And, and again, you know, nothing against... Let's say that they just made this a normal 50 fathoms. And released it in 41 millimeter. I'd be all over it. Yeah, I like it. You know, I don't need it to be 500 fathoms. If it was normally just 50 fathoms, it's just a cool new update to the line. I think that would be cool. Titanium, you know, very aggressive dial layout. Looks amazing. This watch, to me, just feels like it's 10 years too late. Like, that's, that's honestly what I think about when I look at it. I love it. I think it's a cool updated style. I think... The Blanc Pond 50 Fathoms line needs a push like this. Something that's a little bit derivative of the history, but something that is also looking forward to the future of what the line could be. But 48 millimeters and this kind of water resistance, I mean, it's been done. It's been done. And and it's not it's moving backwards, not forwards, is kind of the way that I look at it. Yeah, I think if this was around when maybe Panerai was hitting its streak when the big pilot was really, really hot, this might've been a big hit. Yeah. I just think you're right. I think now that we're getting sizes down to 37 millimeters for unisex watches, I, I just think this is kind of old news. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. I, I hate to say that. And I don't want to disparage Blanc Pont. I just. No, I, from the I, company I, that allegedly issued the first dive watch. Yeah. I mean, it's the hot contention between them, Zodiac, and Rolex, right? Yeah. But yeah, it just... It kills me 
to 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 see a brand with so much potential so much ability to really just take the control of the industry and be the brand for this type of thing and it just it feels like they always just they just miss the mark i mean given and the I, price point given who they work alongside of let's just say the capabilities are all there there's no 100%. reason it, there's no reason it shouldn't be they have the entire backing and power of the swatch group who right. can literally make them anything i mean think about what the omegas have packed into them right now you're dealing at a higher price bracket like sky's the limit go nuts yeah i mean and i and i do know this i do know this that uh, that the brand is uh, and the group itself you know unlike other other watch groups they're very adamant about like not cannibalizing each other's market share so i get that i understand and maybe they didn't do a five thousand, you know, meter rated watch because it would have potentially cannibalized Omega. But these are in two different price categories. Very, very different. <laughs> when you like, eclipse double, I think you're you washed. It's, not, it's yeah. not even the same. Like it's not even the same price category. So I, it's it's hard to say that as justification. I think maybe on specs and on paper that might be true, but you know, this is yeah, I don't know. I want to love it so much, but I just I just can't do it. I can't do it. However, so speak, there, there are other, other letdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, their other drop again, I think is a very aesthetically pleasing watch. I think it's very neat. And this is uh their 70th anniversary act two, the tech Gombesa, which might be, Gumbesa. is that a female Goomba? I don't know, man. It sounds like it, <laughs> but I had a buddy who's like, yeah, this is the Blanc Pond Goomba. And I'm like, but yeah, that's probably the name that's going to stick. I mean, it kind of looks like a tortoise, like, <laughs> kind of looks like a turtle shell, right? That's funny. It's very funny. But uh, this is a pretty cool watch, though. So it's designed with a three-hour scale for a rebreather. You know a little bit more about that than I do. So yeah, why don't you so, have it that? So um, rebreathing, uh, rebreather diving is a very advanced, very technical type of diving. It is not in any way like traditional scuba. So traditional scuba, you're breathing off an air tank. Uh, you breathe in through your um, through your regulator and you exhale through the regulator and you're dumping the carbon dioxide that you're expelling through the regulator out into the ocean. The issue is with that is it's noisy because you create air bubbles and it's literally you, you make sound underwater. But also those air bubbles will travel up to the surface and could potentially indicate your position while underwater. So rebreathers were or closed circuit rebreathers were created as a basically a way to allow divers to completely navigate the ocean bottom completely silent and without any potential indication as to where they are with no bubbles. So there's a so big military application here. This is a big military application, 100. percent It's entirely why it was was uh, was was uh, invented. Nowadays, oceanographers and people that film underwater will use closed circuit rebreathers. One, because they can stay down longer, and two, because they don't make any sound. They don't potentially scare away wildlife or fish or anything like that if they're trying to get a good shot of something. Yeah. Right. Because it could be very, very much. Um, uh, uh, you know, we don't think it's loud, but you know, fish have never seen a diver at a hundred feet, and all of a sudden you're exhaling, you know, carbon dioxide. It's like, you know, all these bubbles. Yeah, like well, it, it would freak you out. Like, a lot of things that live in the ocean. I mean, fish specifically use the lateral line system. I mean, a lot of that is based on it's very, very stuff. precise 
sensory and movement. So yeah, exactly. It's completely understandable. It's know very disorientating <laughs> for them. And they're just like, I'm out of here. Like this is a big thing making a lot of noise. I need to move. Uh, but rebreathers are, are extremely dangerous because there's a, you know, there's a lot of technical stuff that they use to, to make the, the rebreathing happen. Uh, and what essentially is happening is the reason why it's called a rebreather is literally the carbon dioxide that you're expelling out of your lungs as you breathe it into your rebreather unit gets filtered through several different types of filtration units. And then you rebreathe your original air. Kind of like an airplane. Yeah, exactly. It scrubs out the carbon dioxide that you expelled, turns it into clean oxygen, and you rebreathe the oxygen back in. Um, the challenge with rebreathers is, one, you have to be extremely certified for this because it's very dangerous. And two, if you don't have somebody that, that you trust to, to, to monitor and check your rebreather equipment, you could literally kill yourself underwater because the filtration systems are so sensitive and so delicate. If they're not done properly, you will die. And there's been a lot of famous oceanographers and a lot of famous people that have that have you know used closed circuit rebreathers that have literally died because there was an accident or a gasket failed in the system, or they didn't clean the the the, the charcoal filters and things that they use in the wow. system prior to the die. It's a whole litany of things that you have to check and test. So very very difficult type of diving. Now this watch I love. I'm impressed by it, but. There's just one thing I absolutely cannot stand about it. Um, I think the technology on this watch is very cool, given uh, that it is essentially a new complication that's never existed before. And for those of you who are not familiar with this watch, uh, we talked a little bit about it. 50 Fathoms 70th uh, Anniversary Act 2 Tech Gumbessa, or the tech for short. And essentially has a new countdown feature for basically tracking three hours uh, for rebreathing diving. So the bezel uh, has three hours kind of denoted around it. And it also, it has an extra hand sort of like you would no normally see like a GMT hand or like exactly. a pointer date, but this extra hand is going to track the three hours around. Yeah. Which is super cool for one. Yeah. One rotation. Cause this is a complication. It's quite literally never existed before. And, you know, for most diving purposes, you know, you don't dive more than more than maybe an hour given certain depths and certain current conditions, certain, you know, health condition for the diver themselves, do you breathe really well and efficiently? You know, with rebreathers, you're allowed to stay down there much longer because you're recycling your air. You just can keep going essentially. Um, but this complication is cool because nobody's ever done it. The only thing I hate about this watch is the freaking size. Again, it's a big boy. 47. And the stupid strap. Like what in God's name were they thinking with this strap? It's pretty ugly. It is so 2000s. Like, it, I don't. And it's integrated. So, good I luck. I don't understand. <laughs> and it, it's like, I'm looking at it from like a technical diving perspective. This does not seem like a strap that would be easy to replace. It does not seem like a strap that it really offers any additional benefit using it in diving. Like, okay, well, maybe you can make the argument, well, you know, the strap really tapers in from the case, so there's less likely for something to catch on to it, or, or you know, it really kind of sculpts down so it stays un un unobstructive in, 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 you know, in usage. I'm looking at all the press photos and all the diving photos that Blanc Pump put on their website. There's not a single one of these that looks like it's in the way of anything that they're using while doing the testing for this. I, I just... I don't like it at all. I think it's completely ridiculous. 
for me, from a practicality standpoint, if I was on location doing a dive and my strap failed for whatever reason, how do I fix it? Like, what do you change out with? Yeah, that's and now really you have to order. You have to order a specifically configured rubber strap from Blanc Pond prior to a dive. It, it just it logistically doesn't make sense, you know. And I'm sure it's a very well built strap. I'm sure it's been well thought out by somebody smarter than me. But just from an outward appearance, like this is not like a watch I can wear on the shore, you know, like after a dive. And it doesn't look like something that's very easy or quick to replace should I need to. And from that practicality aspect alone, that to me is a huge nick in the in the idea this is a true diving watch. And it comes in at a whopping $28,000. However, it does have a five-day movement. And the part we were talking about earlier is that the indices are actually straight up just applied loom. Yes. Right. They're not filled like you often see. They are actually just. It's like a three dimensional carved out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think so. I I noticed that um, I was doing some independent research a little while ago and RC TriTech, which is basically the manufacturer and and owner of um, of Superluminova, the patents. Right. They created the technology. Recently on their website, they published a new technology that allows them to create essentially three-dimensional blocks of superluminova uh, in whatever color spectrum color that they want. In this case, it happens to be orange, which I think is a very cool choice. Yeah. Um, and make them, you know, three-dimensional. And I think the first watch that we really saw kind of in, in the mainstay that did this was the uh, the Black Bay Pro, um, that the GMT that they came out with earlier this year, or last year, I should say. And that had three-dimensional loom plots. So I think that that's going to be something you're going to start seeing brands adopt moving forward because this allows them to have a solid block of loom. There's more to charge, which means it's going to glow longer, glow more intensely, and you don't have to apply it. It's literally an applique itself. You don't have to take a cavity and fill it with loom. It literally is the loom, which I think is very cool. Yeah, and then I got to assume it's pretty good, <laughs> right? So I mean, I would imagine. I'm dying to see it in person now. And and the nice thing too, just uh, one last point about this, is when you do it this way, it looks almost like the old school like printed dials. You know what I mean? Like very yes. flat. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Very simple. You don't need the, all the fancy like metal, you know, metal number scales that are backfilled with loom that are shiny and all that stuff. It looks very military, and I and I like that. Yeah, I like that too. Now that you mentioned it. All right, let's go to the complete opposite end of the pricing spectrum here. <laughs> Uh, these I stumbled upon. Uh, it's a watch that most people who are affordable collectors are going to know, and a lot of them probably own and or love. So if you can think back to the Orient Bambino 2, mm-hmm. right? You're thinking uh, Roman numerals, came in a few different colors. They remixed that more or less, and they gave it more of a calendar type feel. Mm-hmm. They gave mm-hmm. it sort of an interesting co- uh, complication here. It's got two subdials. Uh, one is day of the week. One is 24 hour time. Still has a date at three. They're kind of offset pretty, pretty oddly. drastically. But I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, it's, it's visually interesting. It's not something I see often. So it's, I'll no. give them points for that. Um, it might tweak some of like the symmetry nerds out there. I don't know if they're going to love that, but it comes in <laughs> most of the same colors, white, cream, 
black with sort of the rose gold indices, black with silver, and then a red where I think they used to have a blue. Okay. But the red is really nice looking. I mean, I I really dig this red. But this is a cool little addition. I mean, I know these are the big gripe with these is that they're 21 millimeter lugs. A lot of people I know. This and keep in mind when when the version two came out, this was a lot less common. It was. So that was the big gripe. They also were 21 millimeter lugs back then. Yes. Yes, they were. Yeah, I mean it's a but like look now we got strap habit so you got twenty one millimeter lug straps all day long so don't all worry day about long it. all day long go get you a premium sail cloth and if you're not uh, familiar with the dimensions on these bad boys forty point five millimeters by twelve point six thick so very nice very friendly um, a hair big for a dressy watch but they they fit really well and I I know so many people who've given these and gotten these as gifts it's kind of like a can't miss watch and. If you like a watch, it's just a little more complicated. Well, here you go. Like this is it. Yeah. This is a just something a little extra. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, it's a hit. I mean, it's it's going to be cheap. It's going to be you're going to be able to get it even cheaper most places. So, you know, a fun watch, great gift watch. I'm all about that. Yeah, absolutely. While we're in the affordable range here, I will also hit Citizen. They made some new Fugu models. I know you and I both enjoy the Fugu. So I figured it was worth mentioning these um, pretty neat. So there's a black dial with a yellow chapter ring. There's a, a dark blue dial. And then there's also a more stealthy night divery model. Yes, it's black case yes. with sort of that glowing loom dial and a, a dark blue strap. Uh, these are really cool. They have a, a really sweet texture on them. Kind of looks like a spider web. But what it yeah. really is, is it's supposed to mimic the all right, if you go on YouTube and you type in so Fugu's a pufferfish. Yeah. If you if you type in pufferfish mating rituals, the male has to be a, a little bit of a tryhard and he has to do some peacocking. And so he takes he he goes on the bottom and he takes the sand and he makes this elaborate sort of spider web pattern on the bottom of the ocean floor as sort of a an a artistic presentation, if you will, to the I mate. And so it's supposed to draw the maid in and, you know, they do the hibbity-dibbity and all that. And we're just going to fit right in today. Anyway, <laughs> put that on the shelf for, for right now. But um, but if you if you actually see it go down, it's pretty neat. It takes them a really long time, but it's a pretty cool process. So they, they put this on the dial and it, it gives some really interesting textures. Um, looks pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, um, it doesn't look bad at all. But, it, but it's kind of interesting. When you told me that, I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally see that. It, it's, that makes sense. Yeah. Then uh, I find a lot of people, I mean, for, these are 44 millimeters. They're going to be a little big. They were pretty decent. Um, the old ones are 41.5, the, the the early Fugus. I know those are kind of the fan favorite, but um, I'm, I'm kind of here for it. The, I think in 44, you can get away with it. Kind of like a, a turtle. Turtle's 44. You can. Yeah. Most people can get away with it. I think, I think you could do it here. But yeah, I'm a fan. And uh, if you didn't know, Fugu. Japanese for puffer fish. So if you ever see that on the menu, you want to stay away from that. Because if you don't know how to serve that, You'll you, know, you kill somebody. That's correct. You will die. <laughs> All right. Uh, last little batch here. Grand Seiko has two watches dropped this week. One I like a lot. One you hate. Um, we'll start with the GMT. <laughs> it's the SBGJ 271. Uh, it's based off the Elegance High Beat. If uh, You're probably familiar with this one. It's a... Uh, They've done a bunch of flavors of GMT in this size. Um, the probably the most notable ones were 
they had that very uh cream dial with the blue yeah, and gmt the... hand kind of everybody thinks of when you think grand seiko gmt they also it, did this... I, I always called that one like the hudinky gmt because like everyone hudinky had it at one point. well they they also made a hudinky gmt limited edition off that that was blue dark blue dial okay it's an le okay. and then they also made the show show which is a, a favorite of mine it's like it literally looks like an ocean wave pattern in like silver and it's like yeah. iridescent dial. Yeah. Um, I think Sam's got one. That's it's a cool watch though. But uh so it's that format, 39 and a half by 14, a little mm-hmm. bit thick, uh, you know, cylindrical box to sapphire and all that. But uh this time it's got sort of a vertical pattern on it, and it's supposed to it's supposed to be like sort of like um the way it was described is snow on different trees kind of in a, in a line so it's like vertical stripes in sort of a snowflakey pattern kind of i got you not I the gotcha. snowflake pattern but similar um i gotta say i do like it it's I neat liked it. i like the gmt hand color too the fact that they went with more of a mutatone looks like it's black so this this to me it will just be straight up a, a strap monster in color and like you can put on blue brown black it's gonna be very easy to, to yeah, it's to very neutral time yeah now, my thing is, and I, I mean, if you haven't noticed this and you're a Grand Seiko fan, I mean, you better, in my opinion, you should get one soon because the prices just keep on going up. Mm-hmm. And I've confirmed this with people I know who are friends of mine who are dealers and everything. The price of Grand Seiko just keeps, I don't know if they've just, it's just a sign of the times with the industry or if they're just kind of coming around to people always said they were a value proposition for what they're giving you, but the price keeps going up. These are 7100 they're not getting any cheaper. Yep. So if you're going to get one, I would say get one soon. I mean, you, you can still find the uh, secondary. They're not bad still. Yeah, of course. Secondary, of you can course. still get grand Seiko's at a good, a good price, but new. You're going to play full rip. Yeah, it's I mean, going to be a lot. They're, they're pricing out a lot of people new now. So. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's it's 71. It's basically, you know, almost a new Omega Speedmaster Sapphire. A lot. It's a lot in that range. I remember when seventy. When I remember when it used to be when you crossed seven, you were like, "Okay, my options are now like enormous." Right. That was kind yeah. of like my yeah. mark. Was like once I cross seven, I'm into Rolex territory. This was when you could get Rolex at retail. Just FYI. <laughs> um, once you cross seven, you're in Rolex territory. You can get a lot of their catalog at that point. You know, like it was just. I remember seven being a number that I was like, "Okay, at that point, I have too many options. Like, I don't." I, if I was a brand, I would want to keep my numbers below that. But yeah, now everything yeah. is just insanity. So what the hell? Good uh, looking watch, though. Good looking yes, watch. Yes, good looking watch. Next next one is uh, not so much. <laughs> so SBGC 253. This is the Tokyo Lion GMT Spring Drive Chronograph. This is an absolute dumpster fire. So it has the sort of snowflake pattern, like the snowflake the the fancy one the brush looking one but there's so much going on on this dial that you're never gonna be able to focus on it nope it has running seconds at nine 30 minute totalizer at around 130 12 hour time at about 4 30 date window at three power reserve at seven the grand seiko logo and everything are pushed to 11 it's, it's all the hell over the place and it's 44 and a half millimeters by 16.8 so it is thick as all hell and it is hideous. 23 millimeter lugs, by the way, in case you wanted to really get trolled. It's literally, the, the entire watch is literally a troll. Like, uh, this is like literally one of the most hideous, cancerous 
consumer-looking watches I've ever seen created by a brand. And the fact that Grand Seiko still leans into this for their chronograph. You could do have, better. You could do have, so much. <laughs> I have no words. I literally have yeah. no words. I remember when the original line came out, and I thought that was an embarrassment dumpster fire of a timepiece. This is so much worse than that. I mean, my God, in, in all the years that they've created chronographs with spring drive movements, you think they would have figured out a different orientation for how to do the subdials. It is so perplexing, visually confused, and absolutely ludicrous that it looks the way that it does. And you know, it, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Grand Sega fan. I, I do not like this watch. It's, it's hideous, bro. There's not a redeeming quality about it. The only thing I like about it is the they they use sort of the the old school case shape, but it's gigantic. It's massive. I don't like unwearably massive. I don't like pushers are ridiculous. I don't like this H link bracelet. The H link bracelet, I don't mind it. I I just don't think it fits the watch. But it does not fit the design of this watch at all. At all, it doesn't make sense. And the thing is, you know, I, I said this too, and, and I always talk about the Code 1159 for this. This watch incorporates too many styles. Yeah, that's what it is. This is right? the buffet is it, of watches. Is it heritage? <laughs> is it modern? Is it classic? Is it futuristic? You know, we have old school Grand Seiko typeface, you know, married with, with modern typeface. And then it's it, it just, it's so visually confused that it doesn't know what it is. And it is so much of an outlier when you compare something like this to the rest of the Grand Seiko collection, especially that GMT that we just talked about. Yeah. Right? Like, that is, okay, I'm not a Grand Seiko fanboy, but I can, you know, game recognizes game, okay? I can understand and look at this and say, that is arguably a beautiful watch. I love the simplicity of it. I love the movement. It's a high beat. It's a GMT. It's a great size. This is a home run. This is like, cancerous tumor that was just left out in the sun to ferment and fester for six months and they were like you know what this is our new idea Uh, like you're about two decades too late in design on this one boys you know when you're making stuff like this and look if you're gonna make a watch called the godzilla i understand if you make something wild like this and you're like look how out there it is but like this just this just doesn't fit your your vibe as grand even a little bit I don't know. I don't know what the, I, it's like. It's a golem. That's the only way I can describe it. It's a golem of a watch. It, it, it's hideous. There's literally not a redeeming. It's quality big. About it's it. thick. Your dials all over the place, and and you know how much I like them. It it, it hurts me to. I know. Look at these. I know. And the thing is, too, like when you look at the sum of its parts, like the case finishing, exquisite, right? The dial texturing, exquisite. But then you're like, the dial markers are just ridiculous, like in size. The hands are just like gigantic blades. They look like, you know, uh, wind turbine blades. This is ridiculous stuff. And then you have this tiny, 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 minuscule needle second hand for the chrono. I'm like, what? It just feels disproportionate and just like out of whack. You know, yeah, and like I again for like 
when they did like the Gundam watches, I understand this could be like yeah, like a mechanized robot yeah. that could like rip I can you in get half. that. Yeah, okay, I get it too. Because the Gundams but, were based off of this one, I think, right? Yes, they were. the G, The Nissan GTR one was based off this. It's they had additions that make a little more sense for this, but I don't know to to put a name like the Tokyo Lion on it, which is the Grand Seiko emblem. I don't know if I would stand behind this one as my go-to. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, make something like a, a wheat color and, and call it the line or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Come up with something else. Th- this ain't it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's a miss. It's a miss. Can't hit them all, I suppose. I know, and especially given given how many watches you know Seiko and subsequently Grand Seiko produces, that is they true. can't they can't all be winners. Let's let's be real. No, and I they do that. have they do have to satiate more than just us. Us, yeah, the, of course, the watch of folk, course. I suppose. I just again, I, I even your casual person, I don't know who the hell is running into a Grand Seiko AD. I'm like, give me the white lion, please. Hey, did you this see is uh, the most beautiful watch I've ever seen? Paul Rudd was wearing one at the Ant Man premiere. He was wearing Grand Seiko. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, Grand Seiko. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I did plain, see that. Like, but maroon, but yeah. he had like a normal looking, it was like a burgundy dial. Like yeah, a red yeah, dial. It was, Grand it was, Seiko. It I was his, like, his character's, you know, uh, costume. Yeah. I mean, I, again, that makes sense. Okay. Good on Paul Rudd because he picked a watch that's actually attractive. This watch is not attractive at all. I can't even. Oh, we got to get off topic. It's just like, uh, it's so bad. It's just so bad. It ain't good. No, it's not a good look. All right. The moment you've all been waiting for here. <laughs> oh, so in well. honor of, of multiple things, right? We just passed Valentine's Day. We have yes, episode we 69. Uh, <laughs> I even made a recent meme that had some str- uh, point, things that highlighted some uh, strangely phallic watch imagery in it. In honor nice. of all these things, we decided to make an episode that sort of outlined the strange nature of the erotic watch and sort of what, (laughs) what exactly goes on here? Like, (laughs) I mean, we talked about, you know, a couple episodes ago, we had that parallel, which was a hentai turbine watch. Yes. Where it turned very specific, like erotic type timepiece. Although let me tell you, I mean, if you're going to lean into that, there was not a tentacle on any of those dials. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. If you're going to lean, lean all the way. I I mean, I digress. Uh, We had a Frank Mueller watch with rabbits doing the hibbity dibbity on it. Yep. 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 That was weird as well with some streetwear brand collab. We've had a bunch. We'll go through them, but I just I want to talk a minute about like what what do you think this says? Is this is this just fu money? Is that what this is? Is this just an fu? Like look at I can get this. I I'm this wealthy. I'm this absurd. Like this is what I'm rolling with. I just think it's it's yes. <laughs> like listen, I can appreciate like you know you have plenty of classic Renaissance art with nude people in it. Okay, I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, I had to take figure drawing when I was eighteen years old when I was in art in high school. And they had naked people, and it was like very uncomfortable. But I get it. That's a the human form is part of art. But this is just a little strange for me. 
it is i mean the the whole concept of like erotic watches or watches especially like that are automatons you know <laughs> that have that have things that happen uh which we'll get into in just a little bit but the whole concept of, of erotic watches for me is such a foreign one because it's such a deliberate outward expression to the world that just is like hey you know what i'm that guy i give zero f's about anything and i'm gonna go ahead and put this on a watch and i think what you said is right it's that just that point where you have so much money sense is irrelevant it's just like i don't care anymore you know i'm gonna do things for the shock and awe factor and this is just who i am i'm gonna wear a watch like this because the people i see who who come up in when you when you look up erotic watches are people you would expect conor mcgregor drake yeah. Right. People who are literally High culture, pop they culture might not even people. be F you money. They might be F me money. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, doesn't matter what I do. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, but again, it, that's the other aspect of it, too. It's like you have so much money that you it gets to the point where the where the benign is boring. Right. Like you can only have so many presidents before you're like, ah, like. Where what even the, now? the diamonds and the gem set just aren't enough. You need yeah, something I mean, to, but, to push it even further. But that's my point, right? Like you, just, you have so much money that just the normal stuff, the benign becomes so domesticatedly boring that you need something that's going to really up the ante and give you a little extra push whenever you step <laughs> out. You know what I mean? No pun intended. No pun intended. I get it. It's just... Uh... Actually, I don't get it. I'm lying. I don't get it at all. I would if I even if I had ungodly money, I would not own no. an automaton that literally did the deed as it was repeating minutes. <laughs> yeah. But so we we kind of chronicled uh sort of the, the who's who of erotic watches of recent. I think the first one is an easy one. It's one that everybody sort of knows. It was a big hit during the the pandemic. A lot of people changed the the words on it and everything. Drake popularized it. It's it's the RM appropriately RMO sixty nine. Yeah, it's a Richard meal. It has what would you call these three rotating? Yeah, it's like bars? It's, I, what are, what yeah. Are, I mean, that's exactly what it is, and it, it it's kind of funny. You know, it reminds me of like uh, like James Bond's like Aston Martin license plate where it like flips over and it can like oh, yeah, change absolutely. the license plate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's like that. So you have three vertical bars over top of one another that basically read out on the dial at the 12 o'clock position. And once you hit a button, absurd things, <laughs> they'll flip over and generate like a randomized, you know, randomizing quotes because eventually it's mechanical done. So it can only do it so many different ways. But eventually it creates like a mechanical way to engage in some an act, right? So the one that they kind of used is like the promo one is like let me is you know the first one will, the first bar on the top will say let me and the second one will say kiss and then the bottom one will say you tonight, right? Like so you can initiate an action, if you will. That's very creepy. Um, it's super creepy, it's very cringe. Um, again, this is a shock and awe factor watch. I know that because when Drake was, was captured wearing this, it was like there was a there was a an action that was much more crude and lewd that he left on there, you know. 
And, you know, since then, this watch has been worn by other people. Drake has kind of been the big one. Uh, Travis, Travis Scott, Scott has yeah. also has also um, been seen wearing it. Um, you know, it, it's a cool complication in the sense that, like, there's there's a way to do something like this mechanically, and that's impressive. That right. somebody the can engineering create. aspect is neat. Absolutely. <laughs> the execution of what it can do and what it says <laughs> is just so unbelievably cringe that I'm just like, this is this is, and then to lean into it and call it the RM sixty nine. Yeah, he, you, oh like, my god, this is like how much extra cringy can you really? They could have made it like flesh colored. I think that's the, the uh, only other thing they could have done there. Huh? Gonna make me gag. <laughs> I want to caress you madly. I want to, yeah, it, yeah. No, just, okay, it goes downhill quick. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah, those are the ones they the use episode. for like the uh, the actual box. press shots, you know, the, yeah. the non-explicit ones. But yeah, it's a Torbjorn, it's an RM, it's a Richard Mill, it's you know, insanely expensive timepiece, and it's an erotic disaster piece. These, these are these erotic watches. They kind of remind me of like a super rich person way of like a, a super rich person version of like the mud flaps with. Like the silhouette of the, the curvy woman on it. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> it, it's just it's just cringe. That's all it is. It's just cringe. You know, and 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 with RMs, like there's so many copies of, or, or 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 fake RMs out there now too, and there's faked ones of this this watch, and I'm just like, how do you think God. they did that? I mean, you can obviously tell it's fake. There's no question. So about you it. think the bars don't even rotate? Because maybe not, or I that would mean, be an I, impressive feat to be able to fake a you know something like this. I mean, that worked. I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I who know. knows? But I mean, just it's yeah. You can just tell there's not as much definition or detail on the fake ones as there as there's on the real the real deal. But it's just so cringe. It's just it's, little pieces of paper just glued. <laughs> I want to. There's so there's a combination. It's a little bit more not PC. It's like I lust to taste you madly. Like it just it starts getting weird. I want to devour your soul, chest area. <laughs> like it just it. I want. I need to arouse your chest area. Like it's just weird, weird, weird. So just all right. Let's move on. All right, one down. <laughs> So this one, this one's a strange one for me because it comes in at a very accessible level here. Um, so Swatch put out a watch, and I only recently saw this watch. Yeah, somebody Even tagged though, you in it at, at, on uh, on Valentine's Day, I think, right? Yeah. So apparently, it's been out. Yeah, but this is the Swatch Bunny Sutra. Yes. So this is piggybacking a little bit. On a similar idea, I I had to check. I thought maybe it was a collab with the same streetwear company, the, the FR2 or whatever that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's just a it's a it's a swatch, and it's got a light blue dial, and it's got one, two, three, got six different sets of bunnies in different positions. Yes, compromising positions. Oh, there. So let, so let they're that. Graphic. They're graphic positions for cartoon bunnies. <laughs> they they are yes they're very compromised positions and what's interesting about the bunny sutra swatch because it was actually sold by swatch um with these you know cartoon bunnies in engaged in in uh in coitus positions around the dial is the watch had a secret complication and this is kind of neat 
and it's kind of crazy that Swatch would do this, but it's so hilarious and awesome that they did. But essentially, the watch was created with a complication that if you tapped the crystal, the hands would join together and they would spin around the dial randomly and land on one of the positions. And the idea was that if you were engaging into a sexual act with a partner, that you could use your timepiece to help spice things up by changing uh, the position of intercourse. And then it would go back to its normal time setting. Basically like the sexual version of Twister. Yeah, I mean, exactly, right? It's like a spin-the-bottle type thing on your wrist here. And uh, it was all done by a quartz-powered limited edition watch called the Bunny Sutra. Um, apparently, this watch is so desirable, it was sold at Sotheby's. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> if, you, if you can imagine that. But uh, but very interesting timepiece. Um, very rare, as you could probably imagine. I can't... I can't uh, I can't think that uh, Swatch Group produced too many of these bunny sutras, but it's a very interesting watch. It's a very unassuming one too. When like if you're looking at this from a distance, you have no idea what the hell is going on. I think that's kind of what creeps me out is it's kind of yeah. like a kid's watch. It does, and that is a little creepy because half the strap on the top is blue, half the strap on the bottom is pink. It's largely you know, kind of like childreny colors. It's it it's also a little cringe. Yeah, I'm getting you know, I'm getting a little bit of pedo vibes here, but yeah, I didn't want to say it, but yeah, you're not too far off from that. That's for sure. But uh, the good news is, though, um, you know, you'll always be prepared because with this watch, you'll always have a rubber. That's right. That is true. Okay, on to the next here. Yulis uh, Nardin is known well for their automatons, and this is right in line with those other ones. Uh, so this is called the UN Classic Voyeur, and it's called that because it's got uh, two people in the act and then two people watching that are semi in the act. And basically, as the watch tells time, they they do their thing. Yes. <laughs> and as as for those of you who are not familiar with what an automaton is, essentially, it's a mechanized art piece. So as the mechanics are actually working, the images come to life. Yeah, the statuettes move. And so you can kind of gather how that works out in the context of what we're talking about. But it's a very interesting, I mean, mechanically, it's extremely impressive that you can make something like this do the thing. Uh, maybe not necessarily this particular lewd act, but do something in, in a mechanized form that that allows a, a depiction to, to to move and articulate that is very impressive mechanically speaking but the fact that a brand like Ulysse Nardin was like you know what let's do this and then make people screw on the dial so that everyone can see it that's just kind of where I'm like really we could have done so many more things there was so much more potential here and yet this is what we opted for and it's funny, a lot of those these uh, automaton watches are minute repeaters. Yeah. And so you'll get the chime as it's literally banging. <laughs> it's so cringe to even think about it. And then, as if that one wasn't already crazy enough, they came out with a secondary version that was like in 20... Oh, I'm losing here, brother. 2019, 2020, right before pandemic, emerald dial depictions of like mermaids like engaging in lesbian acts underwater oh yeah the uh yeah. <laughs> it's like what is going on there's one with sharks and stuff 
Yeah, like Great White's like watching them. I'm like, this is weird. Like, this is like a whole nother level. Now, granted, they're not automatons, but like, there's there's a different type of diving happening between these two women that uh, that is not your usual type of diving. So, but it's all underwater, and it's like little twisted, little mermaid type scene thing. It's very odd. I mean, the whole thing is odd, but it. It goes really strange places. It does. I just, I just, just stop. <laughs> Please stop. All right. Next up is the Jacob and Co. Rasputin Minute Repeater, famously yeah. worn by Conor McGregor. This one is mostly, well, the ones I've seen have been coated in diamonds. It's a little more subtle because you sort of lose the imagery in there. And it actually has a little window that opens up to display sort of the lewd acts that go on. It's not it's not like out in the open like many of these. It's it's got like a, a little just crazy insane watches. Yeah. And the way that this one works is as you engage it, the automaton or whatever, there's like a secret window that moves under the dial and allows you to see the the depiction. Yep. It's uh it's interesting. I don't know. It's not interesting. It's just weird. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. No, it's not. No, and what's it's crazy not. is like this one also feels very voyeur-esque because it's like it looks like to me like the the dial opening is almost like a curtain. Yeah. So I get it looks that. like like the curtains are opening and you can see the act happening. And it's just it's so crass to me, very lewd. I don't know. I don't know. And what's also weird is like all the Rasputins, like they're completely iced out with like these baguette cut, you know, diamonds and everything like that. And then you have the little window where the the action takes place, and it's like framed out in like rubies or or sapphires or whatever. And then above that are like two kissing swans. Yeah, that's the strange part to me. It, it's like what <laughs> this this is like the like rotating like water like heart shaped water bed of watches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you put a quarter so, in it, it vibrates. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's so weird. Like it's this crazy, you know, jewelry piece, but then it has like this weird depiction of like swans, and then it does a thing, and then you're seeing like a completely like lewd act. You know what I mean? Like because the swans are technically like innocent. There's like a little heart in between them. They're like kind of like kissing it. Like it's kind of very simplistic and innocent, and then it's like boom, naked people on the dial doing weird things. Doing weird things. And I yeah. All right, we got a couple more. Save the best for last. <laughs> so if you're still you with got? us, stay here. Uh next one's a Blanc Pond. This one, I think they were nice enough to put it on the case back. <laughs> Yes. It's the Blancpain Labrasis Erotic Minute Repeater Carousel. And, uh, yeah, the back has what appears to be somebody giving a music lesson and uh, bargaining for a little extra. <laughs> oh, this it's also like um, Mozart getting freaky deaky. This looks like a, a theme, like a, a video, you know, a, a video you see on the Internet with a theme to it. Something like uh, Beethoven. Ah, uh, yes, yes, this one. Wandering hands. 
Uh, I just, I mean, at least this one is one of those watches that from outward appearances, you don't know what it's hiding. Uh, and, you know, in some ways, I guess that's kind of better. But it's also, to me, still icky because it's like... It, it just reminds me of like a two-faced person that like, you know, somebody <laughs> that lives like a double life. You know, like, you know, for by all outward appearances, they're like normal. You know, they have a corporate job. The guy wears a suit and tie every day to work. Like, he's just like a normal guy. He just happens to be a huge perv. And then happens to be like a huge weirdo. You know, and it's like, this is like the watch for that guy. You know, he wears it, looks normal. Nobody sees anything. But when he takes it off, he's like, Haha, these people bang. Dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just so pervy. The amount of detail of this picture is honestly insane. But and and it's still bro, just weird. And, and bro, is that like is that like who these watches are for? Are they for like pervy pe like people who are just like secret, super secret rich? Pervs? Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of fishy stuff going on these days with the uh, with those folks. So I'm just gonna leave that one be for now and, <laughs> okay. and go on to the next. Actually, that's a perfect segue into the next watch. So the last and final, the coup de gras, if you will. Wait, uh, there, this there's a better one of all the other ones we've talked about. This one is. A1. So there's this gentleman named Sven Anderson. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. And he made a watch called At the President's Pleasure featuring none other than our very own Bill Clinton. Yeah. And he's on the front. He's on the White House lawn. He's giving a speech and, uh, you know, all is well. You flip this bad boy over. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's the full depiction of the Oval Office in the, the, the controversial situation with the trial and everything with yeah. the intern. Yeah. There's even an interesting placement. I don't know if you caught this is the, his saxophone is placed in a very interesting place. Yes, I did. I did catch that. <laughs> it's got an Eagle flap in its wings on the desk <laughs> and it spares. It's like no America detail. threw up in the fellatio package at the Oval you Office. You have to see this thing to believe it, it, it. It's, it's, it's unreal. He's got a cigar in his mouth. He's on the red phone. He's happy as a clam. Yeah, it is. And uh, wow. It's bad. This is special. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. This is special. This is the Eros number 138. I think I saw I think this went for 30 grand at an auction recently. I saw. Yeah. And this I is not the first. You know, I mean, obviously, this particular timepiece is in that depiction that way. But this gentleman who makes these watches depicts these watches pretty often in this format, and does so in a way that, in most cases, they like flip over like a reversal. Oh yeah, they like spin around so that you can like see the the action. I don't know what this says about you as a person if you make these consistently. That's kind of that's kind of what I'm getting at. Maybe. I don't know, but I can only imagine. I'm a little surprised somebody like a Hugh Hefner never, never really capitalized on something like this. Now, Hugh Hefner were a pretty cool, like, 60s Omega with just the Playboy Bunny on it. Well, I can see. I mean, he, you know, he's a smoking jacket. I just mean um, from a, a production standpoint. I'm surprised he never got, got in on this. Him, Larry Flint, somebody. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, you know, oftentimes we say 
you know, I, I, this isn't for me, but I'm glad it exists. This is not one of those cases. I don't no, have that. Not I'm even, not, feeling... not even a little bit, <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm more perplexed why. And I don't think this is a good answer. I don't think we're going to find out, but just the fact that I don't that think I want to know why. just the fact that we were on episode 69 made it a very strange and interesting topic. And I was like, you know what? To hell with it. Let's go full send and full regret send. our decision. Well, you know, it is. We're, we're never going to come back. You don't get a second chance. You get, you know, yeah, you get 169 episodes. That's it. Right? That's it. So I guess that's true. But yeah. So. Hopefully you guys found this as uh, despicably erotic and, and distasteful as we did. Um, we feel just as cringe having compiled this list of watches. Uh, but go out there and do some research and make sure you're not at work while you do it. Yeah, this is an NSFW uh Yeah, very much an NSFW it. episode. So uh, we should have probably said that in the beginning. But That's okay. You know what? I'll, I'll put Here it in the are. title. It'll be fine. There you go. There you go. But uh, thank you guys for joining us one more time. Episode 69. Uh, bro, we'll see you next time. On episode 70. Big 7-0. Peace. Deuces. <laughs>